The following content is sponsored in partnership with Haymarket Media U.S. Hello, this is Matt Ashworth, a Senior Vice President of Technology at We Communications. I have had the great pleasure of thinking about and experimenting with generative AI and tools over the last six or seven months. And I'm excited today to talk a little bit about some of the ethical considerations we need to keep in mind around the use of generative AI and comms with Michael Kay. Michael is the Director of Brand Marketing and Communications at Archer and OkCupid. He's also on the faculty at NYU and is soon to start teaching writing for comms at UMass. Hello, Michael. Hi, Matt. It's so nice to be here with you today, and I'm excited to be chatting about AI. Me as well. I'm excited to learn from you. I keep telling people we are at the very start of this sort of second wave of of disruption and innovation around AI, and we're all kind of learning as we go. So maybe to start, could you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your experience and passion for AI? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been in the comms field for nearly a decade. I spent about five years on the agency side. And in 2019, I moved in-house to Match Group, where I focused on PR for the dating app OkCupid and moved into a head of global comms role there and then expanded my role into brand marketing and communications and I'm leading marketing and comms for Archer, which is our newest dating app for gay, bisexual, and queer men. But what I've really learned about OkCupid and what's been really fascinating about my role and this company is the appetite internally for testing. Um, We are always experimenting, trying out new things. And most recently, at the beginning of 2023, which we'll talk about a little bit later, we've tested activations with AI and ChatGPT specifically. Um, So that's been really fascinating and it's a really interesting space for us to explore. We just feel there's tremendous opportunity for dating apps and other brands in our category to really be leveraging these emerging tech tools. Absolutely. And I know that OkCupid and a lot of the dating apps have been using AI for quite some time. And obviously, it sounds like you're thinking of additional ways to use that technology in the product offering you bring to your customers. I'm curious, too, are you starting to use it for your own comms function in that role as a global head of comms? Are you are you starting to use AI more in the communications work that you're doing? So I haven't actually used AI in in regards to drafting any materials, which I think a lot of comms people have been fearful of or interested in, depending on, you know, um, I, I think it's a really polarizing uh, conversation and, and there's a lot of opinions here. Um, but what we have used AI for beyond, you know, to your point, dating apps have been using AI for years. So we use AI all the time in terms of moderation and, and keeping people safe and secure on all our different platforms. But we've started to use AI's, uh, open AI's ChatGPT chatbot um, at the beginning of this year. And that was a really fun test for us. So yes, I guess you can argue that, you know, I've been using a chatbot and ChatGPT to alleviate some of the work that 
historically has fallen under either me or people on my team. And for anyone who's hesitant or nervous, it hasn't eliminated any roles for us. Um, It's actually provided us to tell a really incredible story for our brand, but also alleviate a lot of the tedious tasks that we have been overwhelmed with over the years. Um, And, you know, we're now working across two huge dating apps or one that will be huge hopefully soon. So it's been really helpful for us, especially on the marketing side. I'd love to hear how it sounds like you're being really thoughtful with it. And as I've been out talking to different communication leaders about AI, there is that sense of fear and trepidation, which is natural when we're at the start of this this cycle. There's still issues around confidentiality and privacy. But when we think about the ethics of AI, which is what we want to talk about today, we've been talking a lot about how as communicators, we have this role and opportunity to be good advocates for proper use of AI and and making sure we understand those limitations, making sure we understand the risks inherent in using it and can help guide our organizations through that and use the technology in a way that's going to keep, you know, humans and people at the center. Talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on, on that, the role of communicators in ethical adoption of AI and maybe what that looks like in practice for you? Yeah. So the the way I think about AI is really similar to how I've thought about any technology tools that have emerged. So when I first joined OkCupid, one of the first things I did was go to the data science team and ask them to train me as if I was a data analyst. And the rationale behind this was there are a ton of really rich insights at OkCupid that can be leveraged for comms and marketing efforts. So for anyone who's unfamiliar, we match people on what matters to them through in-app questions. These questions are how we connect people we feel are most compatible based on their responses. So there's obviously a ton of, of data there. Now, I use the analytics platform that the data science team uses for my communication and marketing efforts. Um, we we all respond the same way with emerging social platforms, social media platforms like Be Real and Clubhouse and TikTok. In that, we most of us tend to jump right on them, create profiles, learn the platforms, engage, and I think that's how we should be really thinking about these AI tools instead of being wary of them or being nervous to incorporate them into our day-to-day. So that's why I really dove into ChatGPT early and definitely want to spend more time with other AI tools this year. Yeah, that's that's so smart. I think as we as the communications discipline ultimately evolves, as generative AI becomes more and more prevalent, we're gonna have to understand the tools and how to use them. That's gonna become Mm -hmm. part of our job. So I love that recommendation for folks to partner up with the data analysts, the people in your company who, you know, understand how the tools are gonna access all of that data we use. As you start using AI in your work, what are the things that you will look for that, that tell you I trust this information that I have used AI to generate. Like, help me understand when you would feel comfortable 
increasing your use of generative AI? What will be the signals for that? You know, I I think the more time we're spending with these tools, the more comfortable we we are going to become. And I think we forget our initial responses to any of these big changes in our lives. So I remember when I was in high school, I actually had no idea how to use Facebook or MySpace. And I remember someone having to help me create a profile on Facebook because it was so foreign to me. And now there's no platform that arises that I'm not going to jump on. I jumped right into Clubhouse and TikTok. I'm not posting on TikTok. I am not that cool, but I am watching a ton of content on it. Um, So I, I do think the more time that we are spending on these platforms, the more ingrained they're going to become in in what we're doing day to day across multiple teams. I think there's a lot that we can learn, and this is putting you know this is such a unique perspective working at a dating app or a mobile app. But I think there's a ton that we can learn on the marketing side from our data teams, from our product teams, our engineering teams, because they have been using these tools for years. This isn't. You know, this might be a trending topic right now. Um, there's certainly nowhere you can turn to without hearing about AI, um, whether that's a dinner table or your Twitter feed or a newspaper. Um, but these these tools have been around for years and we've been using them for years and there has been disruption, but it's over uh it's mainly enhanced the efficiency and the work that we are are doing internally. So I, I think with time, um, and I think 2023 is going to accelerate that as well, but I think with time, it's going to become second nature to us at comms agencies or marketing teams in-house, really, really anybody across the board. Yeah. There's definitely some parallels, I think, to social media rolling out. And what I hear you saying is, we need to understand the tools. That's part of our job as communicators is to experiment with new tools that we can use to, to, to tell stories, to create stories, to deliver information. And so it sounds like you and your team are thinking about it, you know, as just another one, another tool in that bucket, in that arsenal that, that communicators have. Yeah, you wouldn't not experiment with TikTok right. as brand marketers, as communicators. So it. It's a little bit funny to me when I hear communicators be a little bit hesitant to experimenting with with AI. What do you think it is? What do you think it is? Is is it the cultural programming we've had through science fiction and sort of hyperbolic fears of what, you know, is possible with AI? What do you think is driving that trepidation for people? I think there's an emotional there's an emotional side to it where people are really fearful of anything new. You know, we fear a lot of big changes moving um, the, I mean, pandemic, new jobs. So I, I think there's an emotion tied to anything that's new. I also think there's disinformation out there that is causing panic around around AI um, in that here are these new tools that are going to strip you of all your responsibilities and the office is going to be run by robots in a couple of years, and you're going to be obsolete. But 
the way around that for me was not to panic. It was to figure out how to use these tools. How do I incorporate them into my day to day where it allows me to be more efficient in how I'm spending my time in the office um, instead of panicking and um, just feeding into those clickbaity headlines. So I think there's the emotion piece and um, I, I think we're driven by disinformation out there. AI advancement is continuing at a very rapid pace. And I think with it will come new forms of information. I'm curious your thoughts on what that's going to look like and how that is going to create new challenges and things we're going to need to manage and watch out for as communicators. I think there's always going to be disinformation about anything that we're talking about culturally, politically, economically, socially. I do think, though, that communicators are going to become smarter with their understanding and usage of these AI tools. So I'm not as concerned about that, to be honest. It's similar to the way that consumers have become smarter year over year in the content that they're being fed on social platforms. So I, I, I do believe that the panic will subside. How people view AI tools is going to ease a bit. And we are, across industries, going to be forced to really adapt to these tools, become comfortable with them, become knowledgeable on them, with them, and I do see there becoming a really strong partnership between AI and humans, and it's inevitable. Um, I think it's one of those things where you you either catch up and stay ahead of the trend or you're going to be completely left behind. You can choose to avoid these tools at all costs, but it's going to catch up to you and you're going to have no choice, whether you're comms people, marketers, teachers, doctors, or whatever industry that you're working in. Completely agree. You, you, you mentioned that relationship between AI and humans. So if we think about providing some practical tips for the audience, as our roles change as communicators, as we begin working with AI, what would you tell communicators so that they aren't left behind, so that they aren't the people that are feel, feeling like they've... Uh, become outdated ask questions and experiment again we've you know we've mentioned this a couple of times already these tools are not new many teams have been have been using these tools for years um, there's so much for me to learn in this space that I'm really excited about um, but I've been asking a ton of questions a year ago I didn't know what chat was two years ago I probably could not have defined AI and didn't really have a strong understanding about it. But I started to ask a ton of questions from people around me. I I started to read a lot about AI and when ChatGBT really rose in popularity, I would say towards the end of last year is when I started to see it pretty much everywhere. 
I decided to experiment with it on the brand level and help OkCupid become the first dating app to leverage ChatGPT. So I would say continue to ask questions from those around you, especially those who have experience with AI and machine learning and um, all these different all these different tech tools and educate yourself as well and make sure you're reading a diverse mix of publications, experts, resources, voices. Absolutely. Educate yourself, read, talk to other smart people and experiment, experiment, experiment. I think what I'm noticing is that while there are all these concerns around things like data security and fairness and bias that are keeping maybe organizations from full throttle adopting tools and having them be part of the workflow. Individuals are experimenting with the tools, the generative AI tools like ChatGPT and BARD and Microsoft Bing are out there and people are experimenting with them just because the tools aren't necessarily ready for full scale adoption to start offloading some of our work and it'll free us up to do other things doesn't mean we can't be experimenting with them right now. And I think that's really good advice, Michael. Um, Let's do talk a little bit about our role as protectors of the brand. And we've mentioned a couple of times some parallels to the advent of social media and people figuring out how to use that in a safe way, in in a productive way. Like with all things digital, the increasing use of generative AI comes with new concerns about data privacy and security. What do you see as the role of communicators in understanding those limitations, helping to make sure that we have safeguards in place and communicating with stakeholders about the use of AI? Yeah. So, you know, at OkCupid and Archer, this is something we've we've been doing. Um, we obviously have always taken data privacy and security extremely seriously, especially being a platform responsible for intimate personal relationships. And being in a global role, I've also had to become responsible for following things like GDPR regulation. So for me, it's been about maintaining open dialogues and really strong relationships with our legal and security teams to ensure that I am always following proper procedures and we're adapting to AI and transparently we're all learning and and growing together. But for me, I, I think it's making sure you're really strong partners with these other teams who are looking at AI from a, a very different lens than we are at comms agencies or at marketing teams. It's such smart advice. And, and I think it, doing what you're describing, partnering with people throughout the business is one thing that's going to help communications keep that strategic seat at the leadership table. We are the people that made a career out of words and ideas in creating imagery and the things that these new generative AI tools do. It's imperative that we understand these and that we build those relationships with people throughout the organization because we know AI is going to permeate the organization. So I'm curious at OkCupid, have you and your team sort of beyond how AI is used in the comms function, have you really served as 
sort of a strategic advisor to the business in how AI shows up in the product offering? What's really great about being part of a portfolio company like OkCupid and Archer, which are under the Match Group umbrella, is that we internally have a network, a global network of really brilliant product and tech and engineering leaders. And we do not gatekeep our learnings from other brands. So since the beginning of time for Match Group, but I would say especially in the last couple of years, there's been a ton of knowledge sharing across brands. um, And AI, of course, is really paramount in all the conversations that we're seeing, whether that be at Tinder or OkCupid or now Archer. Um, And we're all seeing how AI is playing a role in our different products and finding ways to adapt AI into our different platforms in a way that's still unique to all our brands. But we are we are all working very closely together. And it, it's really been a one team, one dream mentality, especially as we all really much feel that AI can be absolutely transformative for our businesses. It sounds like you're fortunate to have sort of a, a company and a culture that is holistically thinking about AI communicating across disciplines and thinking about it in a thoughtful way. What might you say to a communications person who's working in an organization that that isn't handling that AI that way? I would say don't be afraid to build your own team outside of your company. And what I mean by that is I, for those who don't know me personally, I have pretty much been a team of one in my role at my company. So I'm the only person handling comms globally for Archer and OkCupid. Um, there is no one else in in the company who's dedicated to comms. And for me, I've reached out and started to slowly build a network of other professionals in this space across tech brands, across CPG brands, um, and have talked to them about how their brands are leveraging AI, how their brands are thinking about crises or anything really that falls under under the comms umbrella. And, you know, we've been resources for each other. So I would say if you're not, obviously not everyone is part of a portfolio company. So if you don't have the amount of resources um, at your disposal, as I might have when I get to look when I get to tap other match group brands, um, you you can do this on on your own and and soak up knowledge from counterparts at other companies. And I would definitely recommend that if you take this approach, look at people across industries. If you're a Facebook or Instagram, if you're at a Facebook or Instagram, don't only look at a LinkedIn or or TikTok. Look at a Burger King, a Taco Bell, a Glacier. Build a network of people across industries who are experimenting with this and learn as much as you can and bring that knowledge to your own company and adapt it in a way that makes most sense for your company. 
Love it. If I were to summarize some of the great insights you've shared here, Michael, for people thinking about AI and how they can be on the side of good strategic ethical adoption, it's learn as much as you can, read, talk to smart people, experiment with the tools, and whether you're asked or not, start having those discussions internally and be part of the group at your organization that's thinking about how we're going to use AI. Yeah. And and don't be afraid to test. You know, I, I said at the beginning of our conversation that what I love about this role and about this company is that we're always experimenting. We're not we're not the brand that's afraid to try something new. In fact, if we're the first to do something, that's better. Right. Um, and we we really do believe that AI actually performs better when people are involved. What we're doing at OKCupid or what we've recently done at OKCupid is a great example of how humans can effectively partner with artificial intelligence. So OKCupid at the beginning of 2023 decided, you know, we're going to be the first dating app to leverage ChatGPT. We mentioned this before, dating apps have long used AI for, for moderation, but there was an opportunity for us to create a viral moment within a trending topic. So one one weekend, I actually opened ChatGBT and asked it, what would you ask on a dating app? And what would you ask on a date? And then we actually added ChatGBT generated questions to our app. And we wrote the responses ourselves. And I pitched it to a small handful of media friendlies. Um, and as soon as we went public with it, ABC News, Entrepreneur, Fast Company, Insider, TechCrunch, Wired, you name it, covered it. To date, there's been over 800 mentions of uh, OkCupid and ChatGBT. And our ChatGBT written questions have been answered almost one and a half million times. And what was really interesting to me about this is the first 24 hours that this story was public, which was in mid-February, we actually saw the highest rate of logins on OkCupid since November the year prior. So historically, early January is the biggest moment out of the entire year. And this story blew that engagement out of the water because so many people were seeing this and they were turning to OkCupid and they were answering our questions at higher rates and they were trying to identify which ones were written by ChatGPT, which ones were written by a, a human and um, they, they were answering these at really historic rates. And that was, that was such a fun test for us. And one required no budget. It was simply a creative idea. Yep. And because of that success, we've actually committed to adding in chat GBT written questions all throughout 2023 because people are loving it. And I'm still here. I it's, did not. It's fascinating. Congratulations, both on the coverage you were able to drive and those tangible business results that you got. You mentioned being first. And I think what we're seeing in the news environment, obviously, is that those in any industry or vertical that are sort of first to bring a new service or feature to bear using AI are going to grab media's attention. 
There's also, I think, because there is still uncertainty about how ChatGPT may perform. Did you have any trepidation about doing that? How are you balancing the like drive to be first with the potential risk that comes to damaging the brand? That's a great question. So for OKCupid, before we do anything, even if we think it's going to create a viral moment, we want to make sure it's going to resonate with our users. Because if our users are not happy about it, it is not worth the risk for us. They are our most important stakeholder. So before we actually added ChatGBT written questions, we started to ask our daters about how they felt about AI and other emergent tech tools. And because we saw there was an appetite from our users of these, these new tools and these new platforms, that gave us the confidence going into this that this is likely going to perform well and it's not going to alienate any of our users. Um, so we did go into this with some data to back up why we think this experiment is is going to work. That's great. So I guess I would add to our list for those listening in when it comes to readying yourself to be a good steward of ethical strategic adoption of AI, study and learn, experiment, 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 talk to other people and build your network of experts and keep your audience at the center. And I love that point you just made in keeping the audience at the center of anything we do, whether it's AI or driven driven or not, that's sort of the role of us as, as communicators. So thank you for that, Michael. I want to end with sort of a fun big picture one. And over the last month, we have seen a group of passionate AI researchers posit that AI is going to lead to human extinction. And we've seen Silicon Valley investor Mark Andreessen say that AI is going to essentially save humanity. Where do you fall on that spectrum and why? I don't think AI is going to wipe out humanity. If I'm being fully transparent, I do think AI is going to eliminate some jobs. I think that simply we're going to create new jobs um, and AI will be incorporated to anything that we're doing across the board, whether it's finance or HR, which again, we've already been seeing product, marketing, comms, education. Um, So I'm more on the hopeful side about AI. I'm really excited about AI. I think there are going to be things that work really well and other things that are going to fall flat. But I just think of it as the next version or iteration of what we've seen over the past few decades with the emergence of the internet and then the emergence of social media. I think this is the next big thing in tech that we're all going to be really used to sooner than we actually think. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Michael. I appreciate your time and your insight. Thanks so much for having me. This is a great conversation, Matt.